Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Charlie Gross. I am the Associate Executive Presbyter for the Presbytery of Donegal. I'm hosting this podcast series titled Missional Church Conversations, Making It Real. The basis of this conversation will be a series of interviews with a wide variety of leaders in the field of the missional church. These leaders will come in the form of professors, pastors, elders, deacons, and sisters and brothers in Christ who are experimenting with new ways of being the church in the world today. My hope is that these conversations will inspire you, challenge you, inform you, change you, and push you into the world with boldness and confidence to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. My guest today is the Reverend Dr. Martha Grace Reese. She is an ordained Christian Church Disciples of Christ minister who serves as president of GraceNet Incorporated. She has initiated and provided leadership for five major Lilly Endowment Grants, all focused on congregational vitality, spiritual leadership, transformation, and evangelism in main, mainline congregations. The Unbinding the Gospel book series arose from one of these grants, the Mainline Evangelism Project, the only major national study of evangelism in mainline churches. Dr. Reese currently directs the Unbinding the Gospel Project with two objectives. The first is to coach over a thousand congregations in a process of prayer, faith sharing, and evangelism, and two, to study the dynamics of a spiritual leadership and congregational transformation. Dr. Reese has extensive experience as a consultant, researcher, and systemic analyst for congregational pastors and denominational executives. Her work is grounded in seven years as senior pastor of a revitalizing congregation, tripling worship attendance in the first three years. She has also served as a middle judicatory minister, a consultant for the Lilly Endowment, on the boards of directors of several not-for-profit corporations, and has had extensive practice and training in centering prayer and Christian spirituality. In life before seminary, she was a corporate attorney. Now, I personally experienced Martha's leadership at the Presbyterian Big Tent event in Atlanta in June of 2009. She gave us an 11-minute practice in using prayer triads. It was the best 11 minutes in the whole conference. It was that powerful. Martha, thank you so very much for joining me on this conference call today. Oh, Charlie, I'm glad to be here. This is fun. Great. Martha, I've read your June 2010 second report to the Lilly Foundation, and that's available at gracenet.info. And I'm very excited about the results you're reporting. My hope for our brief time today is that you could give our audience a snapshot of these findings and then give us a couple of concrete takeaways or action steps for our own ministries. Uh, would that be all right? Oh, absolutely. No, I'd love to. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Let's start with a bit of background and a snapshot of what your research shows at this point. Okay, listen. All of the Unbinding the Gospel books, and there are four of them, come out of this major research project into evangelism in mainline denominations, in mainline churches. So Presbyterian, Methodist, United Church of Christ, Evangelical Lutheran, seven denominations. 
And it's really, we were looking to see what motivates um, churches that are doing statistically great evangelism and outreach. What's motivating them? What drives it? What does it look like? With the thought that if we could really look at these congregations that are just doing superb outreach and evangelism, we could see if there were ways that we could then help typical mainline congregations start being more like these great evangelistic missional churches. So that was the purpose of the original research that went from 2002 and in a variant is continuing until today and keeps going. Um, What we saw, there were some fascinating findings from this. One is the obvious, There, there isn't gobs of mainline evangelism going on. People kept saying, you know, there is such a thing. But what we saw was there's not a lot, but what's there is just gorgeous. And there are mainline churches doing staggering missional outreach. What The biggest thing we saw when we looked at the whole mainline church about evangelism is that there is no way that you can overestimate the horror with which mainline people think about the word evangelism. It's just you might as well be inviting them to tea on the bare grass at Chernobyl. Mm. They hate it. It's just mm. you say the word evangelism, people may look calm, but inside they're having Tammy Faye Baker flashbacks, and they just know that you're trying to manipulate them to go out and argue somebody into faith, some neighbor on a Saturday morning at knocking on their door with a pamphlet in hand. That's just Mm -hmm. what mainline people think. So everything we do has, in in order to help people become much more missional, and by missional I mean reaching out with the faith, just going beyond congregational walls and serving the world in Christ. But in order to do that, we've got to help people get past this horrific idea of faith sharing, of evangelism. Mm -hmm. It's almost, what I'm realizing is we spend so much time telling people how to be missional. And, And what I've discovered is you can tell people how to be missional till the cows come home. But until they want to, and until they're connected deeply enough with Christ that that it's the Spirit moving them out beyond church walls, nothing's going to happen. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's the task that we have. How can we help mainline church people who have been in their congregations sheltered by church walls from a pretty scary world how can we help them connect deeply enough with Christ and with each other that they start getting the idea of what a vivid life of faith can be and they start getting caught up in what the Spirit is always trying to nudge us to do, which is to keep connecting with other people, to go more deeply into God, to let the Spirit move us out into the world. Mm. And is that what you found in the in the in the research that showed that the congregations that were doing it the best? What 
is that the series grew out of that, that, that research, and, and what did you find from those who were doing it the best? That, that's just a great question, Charlie. What we saw was when we looked at these great congregations, we saw they look all different. Some of them are in inner cities. They're racial ethnic churches. They're white suburban churches. They're wealthy. They're poor. It's all different, big ones, small ones, fat ones, skinny ones. They all look different. But there were three things that we saw in all these great congregations. One, the people have a visceral, deep sense of connection with God. They they have a real feel for life in Christ, and it's a it's a vivid sense of God. The second thing we saw was that the people, the lay people in these congregations, are incredibly comfortable talking about their faith experiences, about their faith, what faith means to them. Not in a whole bunch of words like teleological and ontological, but you know, real words in English. And they're just they're comfortable talking about their faith. And the third thing is they, that the, the leadership in the congregations have an enormous focus outward toward the neighborhood, toward the world, outside the walls of the caretaking within the congregation. They, they're just moving out mentally all the time, and so they start moving out literally in ministry. So mm-hmm. what the books are about is to help normal churches do this. So it's not rocket science. It's pray, talk about your faith with each other, develop deep and loving relationships within small groups in the congregation and within the whole congregation, and constantly be challenging ourselves to move out. So mm-hmm. that's what the books are are intending to do. And the exciting thing is we've got a new grant with the Lilly Endowment that they've given us to help support coaching in groups of congregations so these congregations can learn how to do this kind of collaborative, exciting, spiritually deep ministry that moves out. Um, so, so we're just trying to help congregations start praying, start connecting with each other, and start connecting with their neighborhoods and moving out. And the cool thing is it's actually working. Mm. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Now, I, I wonder, in terms of the, the leadership, have you discovered um, the importance of pastoral leadership, or is there some evidence of some great lay leadership involved in these uh, this outward uh, focus? Well, this is really fascinating. This is sort of a, a chicken and egg kind of an issue with leadership. We're seeing that it takes really creative, deep, and and committed, and spiritually deep leadership to for congregations really to, to move. And at the same time, that that leadership has to be collaborative with great lay leaders. The congregations that we're seeing, both the terrific study congregations and the ones that we're working with, that are starting to grow. And we, we have congregations, you know, statistical outliers, but we've got a bunch of congregations double um, in, you know, a year or two. And so it's really fun to see this stuff happen. But in these congregations, what we're seeing is that the pastors are praying and they, are, they, they have this sense of creativity and joy in ministry 
that's really exciting. It's not like, you know, going, I'm, I'm sure your, um, you know, presbytery meetings with the ministers are not gripe sessions, but occasionally they have been known <laughs> to sort of get pastors together for lunch and there's a whole lot of whining going on. Mm. This this isn't like that. These people are, these pastors are so excited about what God's doing with them, with their congregations, and sometimes it's for the first time in years. Um, but they, they're starting to pray, and they get this feeling after maybe years of dryness in ministry of, wow, here's God, and, and God's doing things with us. Where do we go next? What we're seeing is that the, the pastors are working collaboratively with lay leaders. They're not leading, you know, they're not like, sometimes you see people doing leadership and nobody's following them and it sort of looks like a guy out alone on a walk, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's not like that. It's And it's also not a model of ministry that we're seeing working where there's a pastor who's sitting there nurturing every little person along so that all 60 of them are in complete, absolute, unanimity, democratic agreement. It's not that either. It's not waiting for consensus. But it's an inspirational leadership where the pastor is so intent on trying to see and feel and sense and figure out where is God leading us with key leaders that somehow everyone is moved into a stance of praying and saying, wait a minute, what's God calling us to do? We've got the, the apartment complex over there. What should we be, let's pray about, should we be doing something with those people? And basically it's just helping everyone go on an adventure together with God. And that's what it feels like in these congregations. It's a, it's a model of collaborative ministry where the pastor is leading and inspiring a team, and yet not getting held back, um, not getting stopped, but not rushing off ahead and alone. Mm. Outstanding. You know, it, you, 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 you make it so compelling. I'm, I'm wondering why every single congregation doesn't get involved in this. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's new, and we've, mm. it's, it really has been surprising what we've seen, because I truly thought when I wrote the first book that came out in 2007, Unbinding the Gospel, I, I literally didn't know if anyone other than my mother were going to read a book on mainline evangelism. I mean, mm. it, this is not exactly the kind of thing that you think of as a barn burner, and we were not going to um, threaten John Grisham. What has happened is that it's becoming sort of a an underground movement, and we know that at this point, I don't know, 12, 14,000, 15,000 congregations have the book, and lots of congregations are starting to use it um, and are really doing this process. But it's hard, and I, it's, this is not, here's a little six-week thing to keep, you know, to keep the troops happy. This is mm-hmm. not a, a nice little book study to do. This is something that requires the deepest kind of surrender, and it's threatening. And so I don't, this is not something for everyone. This is, this is a process that is a 
two-year, I mean, the way we're sort of working with these books, it's a two-year process that layers its way through the congregation very quietly and becomes a lay movement that the, the ministry staff is supporting and nurturing. But mm. it involves, you know, a cost of discipleship, Bonhoeffer kind of, okay, God, what do you want to do me, with me next? If you need to, need to turn me inside out, I'm ready to go. And mm-hmm. that's not for everyone. That's only mm-hmm. for people who are brave enough to really say, okay, I'm going to, God, I'll let you take my life. Mm. Mm. Well, I was impressed with um, gracenet.info on the, the number of downloadable resources that you have, and even in terms of one called Best Practices for Establishing the Unbinding the Gospel series. Um, you are making it really simple. Um, do you find that our congregations doing this sometimes on their own, you know, jumping into this and doing it, or do they, have you, are they using, a, or all of them using a coach, or? Everybody's doing everything. Um, what we're seeing, with the what, what we're really asking people to do, and if anybody's interested, go to www.gracenet.info and look at look at what's on there because people have made videos and and we've we've tried to develop all these. I mean, we've got children's resources and all sorts of fun sermon series and all this stuff to go go with these books. But the idea, it's a fairly complex, intensive process, and there are loads of congregations doing it on their own, and we're hearing some great stories. What we are seeing is that the, the statistically, as closely as we can tell at this point, we're working with thousands of congregations, and, and I mean, I, I'm having conversations, some of them much more deeply than others. We're, you know, just working more thoroughly. What we're seeing is that the congregations in the coaching have about double the saturation rates of of helping to lead the entire congregation through this process. The churches that are doing it on their own, as far as we can tell, are averaging 45% um, when they do it, the all-congregational study. And they're thrilled that 45 or 50% of the congregation are st- all in a small group for six weeks doing a study and praying, you know, for 40 days and doing a prayer journal for 40 days. I mean, that's a huge thing for them. But the congregations that are in the coaching are doing averaging 85% of saturation rates. So, you know, 85% of the average worship attendants are doing small groups. And what we're seeing is... What we're working with here is trying to help congregations change such deeply embedded systemic patterns that have been there for decades and and trying to turn congregations that have been so stable and faithful and loving but internally focused into congregations that are really reaching out, reaching you know deeply to let God affect them and then trying to move out in ministry. It takes a long time and a lot of of repetitive practice to help people change their habits. So the more people you have really doing this thing well, the better the chance you have of continuing and keeping the changes in place. 
instead of having them be sort of fleeting. So mm. while this grant is possible and the Lilly Endowment is doing two-to-one matching funds for this coaching that we're able to do with these amazing coaches that know this process inside out and also are working so hard to help teams of pastors and lay people really work on this collaborative ministry issue that we're really trying to get across to people. Um, so long as this coaching is here and available, why in the world wouldn't you want to take advantage mm. of it? Because it's really, really effective, and it's a two-year coaching process. So mm. anyone who's interested, um, contact us on the website. It, it, you can send me an email at reese at gracenet.info, and we'll get it, and we will respond to you. Just any anybody you know, who might be interested in putting together a group of, of eight or ten churches to do this together, because they're trying to get churches to work together so everybody is thinking. Because, you know, we're all out on an edge here. None of us really know what we're doing. It's just let's let's invent it together in the best ways that we know that have the best chances of helping people move forward and not not run into roadblocks. Mm. Well, I was going to ask what what are the two one or two actionable steps, but uh, that certainly sounds like one is go to to uh, gracenet.info and uh, explore the website, um, read the book or books if you haven't done that, and um, and then w- what in terms of have you seen lay people start this? In other words, get interested and then bring along other. Yes, a lot of congregations get started on this because a great lay leader finds Unbinding the Gospel and collars the pastor and says, you have got to read this thing, come on, let's do this. Let me (laughs) me give you the best best action steps, okay? What I would do if I read Unbinding the Gospel, it's the Red Ribbon book. All the books have these poke-your-eye-out scissors on them and and a a scissors (laughs) cutting a ribbon. And so the Red Ribbon book, Unbinding the Gospel, is the base book of the series. That's where you want to start. Read it, and if if you like it, go to the website, give me a call, whatever. We'll, you know, we'll connect with me, and I can help you get started. But here's the step. Download Best Practices for Starting the Series in Your Church. It's on the homepage of the website. That will give you the, the steps of how to do this. The key issues are... You always have to remember the the key finding of the original study, which is that evangelism is the emotional equivalent of inviting people to a tea party on the dirt at Chernobyl. Okay, remember that. Mm-hmm. So everything we know about communication and about getting people on board to do something doesn't work when it's evangelism. If you're a pastor and you want to start this series in your church, what you do is you get the 8 to 10 very best people you love in the congregation, just your key leaders that you'd love to spend eight weeks with going on an adventure. And you do the prayer. You ask these people into the study, do not preach from the book. Do not do newsletter articles. Don't fly under the radar here. Just it's stealth. You have to do this quietly. There's no upside to advertising this. You only will create resistance. Get your eight people and do a study and make sure to do the prayer journals and make sure to do the exercises at the ends of the books, at the ends of each chapter. Make it experiential, eight to ten people, and just see where it goes. If you're interested, then 
give us a call and we'll do everything we can to help you keep going if you want to. Mm. That is awesome. Martha, thank you so much for your outstanding ministry and your time today. Let me, uh, let me pray for you and your coaches and the congregations that are, um, that are using this. Oh, thank let's, you. Yeah, let's pray. Holy and sovereign God, I give you thanks and praise for who you are and how you're working in and through Martha Grace Reese, um, the organization, the coaches, the congregations that are, that are deepening their spirituality, they're connecting, they're praying, and they're outreaching. Um, they're trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you. Um, multiply this effort. Multiply the, um, the pastors, the lay leaders, and the congregations that are engaging in this study, for it brings you glory. And for that, we, we give you thanks and praise, and, and we pray all this in the powerful, matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Martha, thank you so very much. Charlie, thank you. This has been fun, and I'm just grateful to be able to have the conversation with you. Thank you.